Are you looking for a practical gift for your loved one? A new graduate, a coworker, or perhaps a really close friend? Well, look no further. Check out my store, IDJ Designs, on Etsy and order one of my coffee mugs to support my mission to help draw awareness to the lifelong impact of childhood sexual abuse through my weekly podcast, my original music, my upcoming memoirs, previous poetry books, live shows, video film, and speaking engagements all under my small production company in the Closet Productions, a voice for the voiceless. Every purchase you make helps me, Ingrid D. Johnson, to continue sharing my story as an artist and a survivor of childhood sexual abuse. Help me encourage those who feel voiceless and like no one understands their pain to speak up and to never lose hope. Check out my store on Etsy today. Thank you so much for your support and please tell a friend. Welcome. Welcome back, everyone, to a brand new episode of my weekly podcast, Writing Through the Pain. This is your host and Winnipeg multidisciplinary artist, Ingrid D. Johnson. Thank you, everyone, for joining me as I discuss, explore, and discover what facing and slowly healing after the trauma of childhood sexual abuse looks like in several areas of life, beginning with my childhood years and into my teens, and then slowly into my adult life. Thank you for choosing to go on this healing journey with me as I share pieces of my story from my upcoming book and also interviews with other people that are connected to my story. Would you like to do more to show your support for this podcast? Then please, subscribe, leave a tip in any amount, or become a monthly sponsor by contributing $5 a month or more through our PayPal link. That link is www.paypal.com forward slash paypal me, all one word, forward slash ITC sponsorship. In return, you will receive a quarterly newsletter, a download code to my album Visions and Dreams, and 10% discount off all new In the Closet Productions products and services. Every dollar you contribute will be used to produce inspiring original music, live music shows, speaking engagements, this podcast, and other creative projects that helps to draw awareness to the impact of childhood sexual abuse. Thank you so much for your wonderful support. Hi my friends, I'm back. I know it's been quite a while since I posted an episode. I didn't do it on purpose. Just some things came up that were really stressful and I had to turn my attention to that. But I am not done my memoirs. And until I'm done, I will still be doing this podcast. So bear with me. I'm going to try to be more consistent But if from time to time I drop out for a bit, it's not because I don't want to do an episode. It's just that life got really crazy and I had to deal with that instead. But for now, things are calm. So thank you for all of you who've stuck around, who've listened, who's even favorited this podcast. I really appreciate it. It makes me feel good to know that I'm not just sharing my story to the air, that there are actually real people listening. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. And it hasn't gone unnoticed. And now, 
My Story, Part 43 Therapy Even as we remember the darkness, we celebrate the light. Hunter's TV show. Therapy in my childhood with Kathy was very different for me than going for therapy at 31 years old. Therapy in my pre-adolescent years was more about expressing my feelings about the abuse and learning how to express those emotions in a healthy way. It was more about dealing with my anger and using poetry to share all my sadness, anger, and shame in a safe space. No emotion was forbidden there, and I needed that. I needed a space just to be me, to speak my mind without persecution. A space where I could admit being angry at my babysitter's husband, my stepfather for betraying my trust and sexually abusing me, a space where I could be honest about my anger towards my own mother for not believing me, protecting me, going to court with me, and many other things I believe she failed at as a parent when I was growing up. I needed a space where I could talk about the shame I felt being a victim of sexual abuse. I needed a space, a safe space, where I could talk about my memories in detail without any disbelief or judgment. A safe space where I didn't have to manage other people's emotions about my abuse. You see, I think that's the biggest thing that survivors of sexual abuse have to deal with. They have to worry about how what happened to them will impact the lives of others, not just their own. They have to manage the emotions of others around them because if they were just to be blunt and say what happened, sometimes that costs you your whole family like it did mine. Sometimes it costs you people thinking you're a liar. Sometimes it costs you your home, your safety, your sense of self. But I liked therapy because when I was going through therapy as a kid, I didn't have to worry about any of those things. I was just able to speak about what I felt share what I was going through without worrying about anybody's feelings about what I had to say about the abuse. I didn't have to worry about hurting my mother or hurting my stepfather, even though he was the predator. I didn't have to worry about anything. I just could be honest about how shocking, how gross, how surreal, how damaging my experience had been. And I think all victims, all survivors of sexual abuse need that in order to heal. Because if you can't even talk about what's happened to you without someone shutting you down because it's uncomfortable or ugly or something they don't want to hear, how can you ever process it enough to start to heal but I digress Kathy provided 
that space for me to speak the truth about what had happened to me. Kathy provided that for me in our weekly sessions and I loved her for that. She was my blessing from God and a much-needed ally in my ever-changing, unstable, emotionally traumatic childhood. Kathy was my advocate in the child welfare system I was living in after losing my family, and the consistent adult always supporting me through various stages in my adolescent life. This meant a lot to me because my family, my blood, always seemed to be popping in and out of my life, triggered by the abuse I had suffered by the man or the two men who chose to lie about what they had done to me for as long as they could. Individual therapy at the Laurel Center in my early 30s with two different therapists and several group therapy sessions on various issues with other adult female survivors of childhood sexual abuse as well felt very different from the therapy I'd experienced at 12. It didn't make sense to me at first because it was client-led and it focused on unpacking my trauma and dismantling my negative coping habits, the patterns I had developed over the years. I was not used to this not this type of therapy. The type of therapy that put me in charge. So it felt like I was never going to get well. But my first therapist at the Laurel Center Genevieve helped me to recognize and acknowledge all the parts of myself I had compartmentalized in order to function in the world. Three distinct parts of my personality that I used to deal with that I used to deal with triggering situations in my life that reminded me of all the things my abusers did to me when I was a vulnerable little child. The three parts of my personality that were hindering my growth, in a way, into a fully functional, emotionally mature, healthy, loving adult. Okay, I'm going to describe these parts of my personalities. But in no way... Am I saying that having different sides to your personality means you have multiple personality disorder? Because I didn't. It's just, well, how can I explain it? We live in a world where we have different interactions with all sorts of people. And depending on the situation, we reveal only parts of ourselves to people. The people that we're the most comfortable with, the people who make us feel the safest, we might reveal all of ourselves, the good, the bad, the ugly. But say, in a professional environment, we might reveal only the professional side of ourselves to our employers, to our clients, to our co-workers. But I don't think that we are always all of ourselves all of the time. So as a victim, or at the time, a survivor of childhood sexual abuse, I grew up learning that certain parts of my personality were necessary for certain situations. Let me go on to explain more. See, I'll call this side of my personality butterfly. 
butterflies, more the vulnerable little girl living on the inside of me that suffered through all of the abuse in my childhood. The part of me that is really uncomfortable with change, a lack of control, and often struggles with fear, guilt, sadness, and feeling unlovable at times. The sensitive part of my soul that is truly heartbroken when others fail me in my life. However, it is also the part of my personality that allows me to believe in God the most. It allows me to dream wholeheartedly and feel everything deeply in life. It is the child, the innocent part of me. Then there is a side to my personality that I like to call candy because it is the part of my personality that makes me feel like a hopeless romantic, a very sensual girl in my 20s. The part of my personality that used dysfunctional ways of coping in my teens and my 20s and also in my mid-30s to deal with the impact of childhood sexual abuse on my life. The part of my personality that developed when I pursued my dream to become a model in my 20s and the part of my personality that decided to explore my sexuality in my 20s in order to feel more comfortable in my own skin, although this caused me a lot of pain and heartache. Third, well, okay, this now leads me to another part of my personality, the third part. I like to call this part of my personality Ileana. Okay, when I say that this part of my personality is hardcore, I mean this is like the part of me that's a fighter. The part of me that is protective and refuses to be used, abused by anybody. The part of me always willing to fight injustice and stand up for what is true. The more rigid part of my personality. Well, before God made me into more of a whole and complete person, and integrated all those parts of my personality into one whole balanced loving person. The Ingrid I am today in my 40s. A somewhat happily married woman with two adult stepkids, a childcare worker, a multidisciplinary artist who creates original music art and who longs to make a positive difference in the world using my gifts and what I've experienced. I say somewhat happily married because, I mean, no marriage is perfect and no person is happy every single day. But if I were to score from 1 to 10 how happy I am in my life, I'd have to say about a 9. Because, I mean, there are still things in my life I'd like to see happen or things I dream of. So I guess on the scale of 1 to 10 being happy, I'm pretty happy. Anyways, let's move on. Sometimes I think about those three parts of my personality before I went to therapy and found Jesus, who I believe helped me to heal completely and become a whole person. I think about that protective part of myself sometimes, the part of me that always was on the lookout for any kind of predator Uh, the part of me that I like to call Ileana and how she would feel about me writing this book my memoirs Um, and sometimes I find myself having dialogue in my head uh, with her attitude if that makes sense 
it's kind of like having a conversation with yourself pretty much except using the attitude that I felt that protective part of myself would have about being so vulnerable especially in a podcast which I never dreamed I would ever do but here we are and basically it's helping me to write my book so um and when I think about that part of my personality this is how I think that protective part of me would come off in this book um if I was writing it from that angle which initially I thought about writing my book based out of those parts of my personality instead of just from me as Ingrid. I thought it was going to make a more interesting story, but uh, I changed my mind along the way. But anyways, if you were to meet that part of me that felt a sense of protectiveness and um, felt, you know, defensive, I believe this is how Ileana would sound. Let's get something straight from the beginning. I only agreed to be a part of this book for Candy's sake. She's the one that feels the need to explain herself and confess her past sins to everyone. And since I have a soft spot for her, being one quarter of me, I decided I would help her out. You see, there used to be four of us, and we all took turns being in charge, depending on the situation. And though things were a bit stressful, I loved being in charge most of the time, because I was the strongest. Anyways, let me tell you about the others. See, first there was Butterfly. Some call her Lily, and she is the youngest and the most naive. She's only nine. She tries to please people who never cared for Ingrid in a genuine genuine way. She is a part of Ingrid that never grows up. So, she does not see the truth or people clearly. Next, there is Candy, the hopelessly romantic, dramatic, emotional 16-year-old girl. She loves bad boys and stayed the same in her 20s, chasing after love. Finally, we come to yours truly, me, Ileana. I came into the picture when Candy got herself involved in the music industry. What a den of thieves, liars, and bullies. Of course, she had no idea what she was getting into. She never does. Worst of all, she was working with a friend or a frenemy who treated her so badly. So I needed to protect her. I needed to protect her from all of those wolves in sheep's clothing waiting to rape her for her talent and abuse her like everyone else. Not on my watch, they don't. If I didn't do my research, Candy would have been taken for a fool by those musical flattering politicians. But I... I took control. I always do. That's what I do. I handle things. Well, that's what I used to do until Ingrid took over everything. You see, she decided to change up the program on me by believing in and trusting in Jesus. She decided to become a born-again Christian, assimilating us into a whole person instead of parts of her personality. What do I mean by that? You're probably wondering. Ingrid decided to give her life to Christ. She decided to change her life by getting help. Translation, Candy went to therapy and spiritual rehab for her pattern of sexual addiction. Butterfly got a huge dose of biblical wisdom and started to mature. And I had to learn to let go of beating down and locking up my abusers. Ingrid completely took over and turned on us. She turned everything upside down and turned it over to him, to Christ. And I had to let go. I have to admit, 
It was really hard letting go of my role. After all, being in control was all I knew. It frustrated me that I had no authority anymore. Jesus was in charge. Ingrid was being transformed. And I had to admit, I was feeling pretty pissed off. After all, no one likes to be terminated. No one wants to be banished or vanquished. I guess, I guess. That's why I agreed to let Candy include me in her little life story here. So I could get my side of the story out once and for all. But let's get one thing straight. I really don't need this, not even a little bit. She's already made peace with him by confessing her sins, and I had no choice but to let things go, so this book is really for Candy's sake. You know teenagers and 20-year-olds, they always have to pour their hearts out everywhere. So emotional, so needy, so darn immature, poor girl, she's still trying to find herself, and it, and it, I I don't understand, I don't understand why she needs to write this and she still doesn't understand her powers yet i don't think the powers men keep using against her whenever she lets them in i tell her not to but she doesn't listen to me so we fight and then i try to take control which sometimes triggers butterfly which really confuses those men trying well trying to get in her pants it confuses her too because she doesn't understand me or innocent butterfly she doesn't understand men either so i guess writing this book will help her so all the power to her i guess the sooner she gets it out the less stress i have to take in i'm more secretive than candy i don't like people knowing my business people are too nosy only god can judge me unless i call myself a christian and my actions are giving him a bad name then I guess the true Christians inside the church have every right to judge me, but for giving God a bad name to help, and they have a right to ask me to change. Anyways, like I was saying before, I know who I am. I always have, despite the crap that other people have tried to dump on me. I've always been Ileana, Ileana. That's my name. That's me, a fighter, a go-getter, a businesswoman. And some say I should have been a lawyer. My friends say I'm smart. My enemies say I'm a bully, but those who truly know me know I have every right to create defenses when people try to use me. That's why I like and prefer things straight up. No cloudy explanations, no gray areas, no sudden surprises. I've had enough. That's why it was so hard for me to let go and trust Ingrid when she decided we should trust God by letting us be a whole person. To be honest, I fear she was going to get rid of me. Me, the one who always handles the hard things. I'm so pissed off. After all, I'd spent years taking care of all three of us, Candy, Butterfly, and myself. Then after years of turning her back on God and disappearing into one of us as her other self, she decides after some epiphany that she's going to trust God and let him assimilate us. I was furious. I, I, I don't trust anyone. I don't trust. No. I was used to being Miss Independent. I was used to doing things all by myself. That's right. No need to soften things up in here or sugarcoat things for me. Nine-year-old Butterfly might need that. She's a kid, very naive, and so is this little Miss Candy. She has problems keeping solid romantic relationships. She always chooses jerks who love jerking her around. And she sucks at picking friends because most chicks are intimidated. They, They try to act like they're her friends, but they don't really like her. They think all sorts of crazy things. I could just see it in their eyes. She gets on my nerves sometimes, to tell you the truth. She really needs to toughen up and see people the way I do. Full of evil. There are only a few, a small, tiny few amount of good people in this world. But Candy claims I'm just an angry woman. Whatever. All I know is no one messes up, messes with me. Once I open my mouth, no one 
No one messes with me. (sighs) I call them as I see them. Too bad they can't handle the truth. That's why they leave. They all leave. Good riddance. But then those two drown me out and only let me out when they are sick of the abuse, weaklings. They're lucky I tolerate them at all. They don't get that I have to be hard. That's why I'm the survivor and they hide all the time. Inger keeps saying that Jesus can bring us all together and make her a whole person with a solid core. But I think that's what her therapist tells her to keep her coming back week after week from killing herself. So if she wants to believe that to take away her pain and help her to cope with the crap her stepfather, babysitter and others did to mess her up, I guess she can believe that. (laughs) I guess she's the new boss in charge now. Nowadays. Yeah, right. We'll see about that when people start to act up again. Just you wait. They can't live without me. I'm Ileana. I'm hardcore. I'm the one little Miss Candy needs to tell you all the hard things in this book. She couldn't do that without me. She's good at being sexy, being the fantasy, not keeping things real. Miss Fun Girl. Not Miss... Not not Miss Fragile. She can't tell you the hard things. Not Miss Breakable. And certainly not that kid Butterfly. Yeah, she's good at using her imagination, seeing good things in people. But I'm the one who's got to get straight down to business when people are hurting her. I'm the one who deals with all the crap you see. Don't let Ingrid fool you. She is only where she is now because I took care of us. Where was she during all that abuse after Candy fainted and Butterfly hid herself in that closet? She wasn't there, was she? That's why I'm in charge of this story, even though she takes all the credit in this book. Remember that when you read this book, that I took on the hard things. There are lots of times when she didn't do anything and I had to do it all. It's tiring to think about the times that I had to do it all. Really tiring. And then she decides to shut me out completely. Something I I knew would eventually happen. I mean, guess nobody likes to be hardcore all the time. And I know as soon as this book is done, she'll probably be done with me too. I guess she's better off without me. I guess she, she is in better hands now. I, I guess at some point she had to heal. And now I'm just, I'm there. And when things happen, I want to come out. But she has self-control now. She has wisdom now. She knows how to be gentle, but firm. She knows how to be as wise as a snake and as gentle as a dove. She no longer has to be hardcore anymore. She doesn't need me anymore. But I'm still here. I just don't run things now. To be continued.
Did you enjoy this recent episode? Then stay tuned for a brand new episode of Writing Through the Pain, My Story Continued, every Wednesday night. Tune in next week, where I will share more of my story dealing with the impact of childhood sexual abuse. Well, as usual, please don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share it with your colleagues, family members, acquaintances, and friends. After all, you never know who this podcast might speak to, inspire, uplift, inform, or help to break their silence about an incident or incidents of childhood sexual abuse in their lives. To leave a message about an episode of this podcast, or to become a potential guest on the show, please message me at anchor.fm forward slash Ingrid D. Johnson, all one word, forward slash message. Thank you again for listening. Thank you for supporting my mission. Good night and God bless you, my friends.